It could take me 30 minutes to do the brainstorm with myself. If I do it with ChatGPT or GPT technology, I can do it probably in 10 minutes and it's giving me angles that I would not come up with by myself. Uh, so how is this being used in the CX industries? Well, you see a lot on summarization, classification, uh, obviously generation, hyper-personalization. So there's a lot of angles where you can take how to generate text into your journey. Welcome to Future Forward, the show that unravels the practical stories of AI's transformative power in the world of business. In this dynamic show, we go beyond the buzzwords and industry hype to explore the real-world applications and groundbreaking innovations that AI brings to professionals like you. I'm Jasner, and I'm here today with Danny Kindhoven, the head of digital transformation at Teleperformance and a distinguished leader in this field. So Danny has been helping companies around the world on their path to innovation, has been working with AI for maybe the last 10 years, has even developed some customer-facing applications with ChatGPT before we all know about it. So he's also the author of the keynote Robots Don't Cry and has recently released a new one called One Brain with Familiar Minds. So Danny, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jeff. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So One Brain, with a million minds. Sounds very intriguing. Can you tell us more about the concept behind this title? For sure, Jessner. So in this world of generative AI, right, you, you know, nobody can deny that the ChatGPT hype is there, right? Getting a million users in five days, which is the fastest growing app that we have seen in the history of mankind. And in this keynote, I'll, I'll take the, the audience uh, through the journey, right? So AI is not something new, right? AI has been there for, for decades. Uh, and we've seen multiple generations of AI. The first uh, generation of AI, which was basically uh, based on, on data that was structured. Uh, so, um, and there we got the, the machine learning elements that we've been using for the last decades. The, the drivers of, of innovation, like uh, the speed of, of computing has in, increased. And we got the second generation of AI where we saw natural language processing, we saw uh, computer vision, uh, things like that, right? Autonomous driving is one of the most clear cases of the second generation. And now in this, the, oh, in the last the last five to 10 years, we've seen this uh, GPT type of technology, which stands for generative pre-trained transformers. And it's the generative part that makes it really exciting, right? Because this is the first time in history that we have AI being able to create. And uh, you know, we've always used technology to be creative, being an electrical device or a typewriter or your computer to write your books, but they were there as an enabler, but never to create itself. And now actually we have AI creating, which is super exciting. So the way how these uh, models are trained is on a lot of input from brilliant minds out there, right? So, and there's a lot of discussion around if you look at the uh, generative uh, images, right? Or, or paintings, like uh, I can paint you a picture on like Van Gogh or like Rembrandt. And, uh, you know, the, the AI learned from the masters. We're basically getting that creative from the brilliant minds out there, the millions of other minds out there. And uh, throughout that keynote, I'll take them by the journey on how uh, uh, AI is helping to, to be creative and generate either in text, in audio, in video, and even in uh, music and in uh, coding, right? So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a keynote where I give some practical examples of how these technologies are being used, generating those type of outputs. That is indeed it's super exciting, right? The, I think that the, the era, I think that we can see that we are living. And as you said, we see, we often hear, right, about AI impacting 
various areas such as exactly as you mentioned right videos images audio voice but what are the real life applications that you see in the customer engagement or in the digital experience space yeah sure so i think what you're currently seeing is a lot is is the the, the text generation right i think if you look at what uh, people are doing right now with with chat gpt you know uh, first when it just released we saw uh, the, the clever students right that are you know getting their homework made by uh, gpt technology and then you saw the, uh, the the countermeasure having programs to detect if your homework was detected was created by gpt but if you look at what it can do so it can create right and it is and it is created uh, so, so there are a lot of pros right so i use it a lot myself to you know get some inspiration so it could take me 30 minutes to do the brainstorm with myself if I do it with ChatGPT or GPT technology, I can do it probably in 10 minutes and it's giving me angles that I would not come up with just on my, uh, by myself. Uh, so how is this being used uh, in, in, in the CX industries? So you see a lot on summarization, classification, uh, obviously generation, hyper-personalization. So there's a lot of angles where you can take how to generate text into your journey. The same goes for uh, images and video, right? So I would say uh, after text images is probably the, the most used case right now. And you see a lot of companies adopting it, right? Look at uh, Adobe just released uh, Firefly, where you uh, basically can uh, do Photoshop with natural language, right? You just tell the system what you want to have it changed and the AI will change it for you, right? Is it flawless? No, it's not. Uh, will it become flawless? I'm positive it will. and. Uh, uh, the limitation is, I would say, not the technology. The limitation is more on the user experience on how to prompt this AI to get what you want uh, from it. I think that's the same even with text, right? If you what you see a lot is the users that use GFG, uh, let's say the unexperienced users that use ChatGPT, uh, settle for the first outcome where you can get much more exciting outcomes if you do a bit of what we call prompt engineering and be creative in in uh, what you want to get out of it. Uh, and also challenge the AI on uh, on their mistakes and, uh, and showing them that there's better answers out there. But it's really exciting, right? If you look at uh, video, right? Uh, KPMG said that before 2040, there will be a, a, a movie that will get an Oscar where the, uh, the script was written by AI, the CGI was written by, uh, was, was done by AI, the creation was done by AI, right? Uh, so uh, an all AI movie that would get an Oscar out of so, in, in within the next 17 years, that's very exciting. And I, I think it might be even earlier, right? There's already companies out there that allows you as a home user, you know, do CGI, which we could never do before. You just, I can have a movie of myself walking through the street and tell this software that Danny now has to look like a robot and it will change me into a robot, which obviously I could use for my Kino Robots of Crime. And even the music, right? So there was this Dutch DJ who created his own sample with the voices of Snoop Dogg and Jay-Z. I think it's got a season, season assist within the next 15 minutes because, right, he has, he has a lot of followers and, uh, and obviously they don't want that. Uh, and even there was this uh, music writer who created a song which, which actually hit Spotify, well, it was a duet between uh, Kanye West and uh, The Weeknd. And uh, it had over a million uh, streams, right? And it was not Kanye West and not The Weeknd. It was this writer who AI generated that song. And he wanted to make a statement saying that, you know, the, the artists get paid way too much where the writers of the song should be get paid more, which was, a, you know, it was a lucrative action. Uh, but, you know, the, the audience didn't know the difference. So it will also transform the music industry because 
you know, uh, we can now have uh, songs from artists that uh, unfortunately are long, uh, longer with us, right? So, uh, Queen can record a new song with Freddie Mercury, having Freddie Mercury voice in there. Super exciting. Yeah, and this last point that you've made, I think that, you know, rises another very interesting aspect of everything that is going on, which is related to the privacy, security, copyrights, if you will, concerns around AI that are actually on the rise. So how, how can companies, you know, address these concerns and bridge that gap today? Yeah, that's a good question. And uh, I get this question a lot. And well, as you know, uh, ChatGPT currently is free. And you know, when servers are free, you're paying some, some, something else, right? So that's the same when, we, uh, when Facebook launched, right? It was free as well. But how did you pay? You pay with your data. And, and it's no different for this technology, right? The systems is still a learning phase and they need training data to make the, the platforms better. So I think it was Italy who was the first company who said, we're going to ban ChatGPT as a whole. And there's something to say about it. I think you're, uh, you're actually selling your people short, right? Because you take out a lot of possibilities that the technology brings with it, but obviously you have to be sensitive about it. So instead of banning it, they should regulate it. And I think that's what you see now in the EU. And I think the rest of the, the world will follow is that you see so clear regulations. I think it was Samsung who did uh, a release that, uh, and their developers were actually using ChatGPT to generate code. And therefore they were sharing their code on the platform, basically sharing IP of Samsung, which obviously is not clever. So again, if you would regulate inside a company, you can work with it. In the end, I think that opening as a company will, will solve it themselves, right? So you can already see they uh, announced last week that they now coming up with these uh, business subscriptions. So they're going to change it to paid models. And you know, obviously if you pay for it, then you get some additional rights with it, meaning that you can exclude yourself for from uh, being trained on or stored the data. So they will fix those issues because else you know, the value of the platform will be gone. And if all countries start banning it, you know, they don't have a platform. The same what you see with TikTok, right? How they are evolving on, on making sure they can do the regulations. This is what these big technology companies do and they will make it work. People have to be also be aware that in the end, ChatGPT is a front end, right? If you look at what the technology that's behind it. So uh, when we started working it in 2020, it was GPT-3, which was started in 2019. We got access in 2020. And when uh, ChatGPT was released, this is actually uh, GPT-3.5 Turbo. Uh, basically, they put a 5 on it, which is the uh, the conversational layer. And they also already released GPT-4, which is already a more advanced model. And we're, I'm sure we will see a, a 4.5 and a GPT-5 afterwards, you know, because the technology will evolve. And using these paid models in your technology gives you already that, that, that benefits from security and privacy perspective, right? So the data, they will not use your data to train on the model and you can get your uh, GDPR compliance certificates for those type of solutions. But it's really exciting. And, you know, if you want, don't want ChatGPT to learn any model, you can already do an opt-out form there. So they already took some uh, measurements there. And so I, will, I, I would expect that the ban will be lifted at some point and regulations will be in place, making it uh, secure as, it's, as it should be, right? And I think that's, if you look at the world, you know, I think the technology companies usually are the first in either the US or China, but if it's regulation, then obviously <laughs> EU is always the first one uh, to get that sorted. Okay, so Danny, this is extremely exciting. I mean, as you said, I mean, so many things going on, right? But if you think about maybe how everything has started, right? It makes me think about the, the old now chatbots. So do you, do you see any room for further improvement of this technology or its application? 
Yeah, for sure. If you, you know, again, looking at ChatGPT right now, it's the most advanced chatbot that we've ever seen, right? So if I look at the evolution of chatbots for decades as well, uh, where the first chatbot was basically keyword spotting and scripting, then we had the second generation, which I would call more the digital assistants, which used uh, natural language processing, uh, being able to recognize intents without hitting the, the keywords. Uh, that's what we've been using for, uh, I would say, the last five years. And this generation, I would almost call it an AI assistant. What GPT can do is mimic these human-like responses and then making it very dynamic, right? You don't have to script uh, your, your bot anymore. You can give it a direction or a scope, and within that scope, it can answer. So, you know, I think this is, if we can improve better, yes, I think we can make it easier to scope. But after that, right, yeah, I don't think the customer will be able to establish that they are talking to a human or to a bot. That, that is amazing, right? And I think that what you're talking somehow is also about the personalization, right? Is I mean, the, the lack of a script or the, the no need for a script is, is just outstanding because you're establishing a conversation. But in somehow, at least to me, I think that the most exciting part is how can you personalize that conversation, right? And maybe personalization and hyper-personalization are becoming possible, back to your point. So are there any practical application that you can see in the near future or maybe it's still too soon to talk about real life examples of hyper personalization. No, I think this is actually the uh, almost the magic wand that we've been looking for for hyper personalization, right? In the past, hyper personalization was was based on predictive analytics, uh, so getting a lot of data and then based on the data picking a path to to address that that person. Now, what we have to do, we you know the AI can adopt. So we can, we can still do the prediction, but during the journey, the AI can uh, establish that, that there was a wrong path and adopt. If you look at the first cases that I would expect is in education, a lot of people learn different, right? That's, I think, the biggest issue that we see in our education system. You know, we have uh, young people that can learn very quickly and we have uh, young people that struggle. And the education system has to find a balance in that, feeding in a pace that would be suitable for everyone. This will change, right? So. The AI can adopt. So if you are a fast learner, you get bigger bites, faster spoon feds, making sure that you can take that knowledge to you in the pace that you like it, advancing quicker. The people who are just need more time, need more examples, they, you know, we can slow it down, giving them a bit more in-depth information to understand better why, so they can grasp the concept. And this will change everyone, right? It will, it will create a lot more, I would almost say equal rights across the world. A big believer of this methodology is Bill Gates, who with his foundation is very passionate about this technology. Might also because Microsoft is one of the biggest investors in OpenAI, but still, and if you look at what this can do in Africa for healthcare and education, you know, it can make the world a bit better place. This episode was brought to you by Teleperformance, a global digital business service company empowering brands to master the future. And if you enjoyed this show, you'll love our exclusive selection of over 100 on-demand events, interviews, and podcasts. Click on the link below and unlock over 2,000 hours of invaluable insights and practical industry experience from top-tier leaders, brands, and experts in their fields. Thank you for tuning in and make sure to stay tuned for new episodes as we embark on a journey that is revolutionizing the business landscape. We'll see you next time.